Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and as usual, folks, we're enjoying our time in here, right here inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta, uh, the, their beautiful location uh, here on Main Street, South Main Street in Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that is big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way, I like Renaissance Bank for that, and I know what I'm talking about because that's my experience with them. So uh, I'm not just shilling someone here, folks. I'm not, that's my experience uh, with them and the clients that I've worked with them on. So uh, if if you're tired of getting that big bank treatment, you know what I mean if you're at one of those big mega banks, um, then give Renaissance a try. Go to their website, renaissancebank.com, and find one of their local offices and be in touch. And I think you'd be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Kimberly DeCarrera. Uh, she is the outside general counsel. We'll get to what that means in a second with DeCarrera Law. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Uh, let's talk about how you're serving folks at DeCarrera Law. So I am an outside general counsel. The first question is, what is that? Yeah. And I was in-house general counsel for a company. And when I left that company, I thought I was going to go in-house with another company. As I was going through the interview process, I came to the realization that that's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to help a lot of people and a lot of companies, not just one. So what I've done is set up a law firm that serves businesses and we then work together with businesses as their general counsel, but I just don't work as an employee, but I do all the same things that an in-house general counsel would do corporate governance, contracts, employment law, things like that. And then I manage other lawyers. So litigation, specialized trademarks or patent attorneys or things like that, so that you, we have the full service that you would normally get in, with an in-house general counsel. Great for companies that are just starting up, mm -hmm. that don't have full-time legal needs, or that don't have the budget to have a lawyer in-house. And those companies that need really uh, world-class legal expertise, but they, again, as you say, they they need it on a fractional basis that's one word right. folks use right or or just uh, uh an ad hoc basis that's another way to look at it right yep so um unlike you know a traditional law firm i don't do litigation but i manage litigators so i can you know deal with budget i can also translate lawyer speak to business speak oh boy that's a valuable one <laughs> valuable valuable skill right there wow um i think we're done folks what's your number kimberly go call call kimberly folks no i like that um because that's so important to be able to uh and and people look for that right they're looking for uh professionals that can uh break it down make it easy to understand definitely i mean i spend half my time educating business owners on different risks, different areas of the law that are going to affect them. And 
it's, uh, I mean, I spend so much time educating that I'm actually creating courses for clients so that I don't have to do the same educating speech time and time again. I can just say, here, go watch this video. Good for you. Um, so one of the things that, uh, we were talking about before you came on the air, before we came on the air is, um, You've got degrees in uh, management. Obviously, you've got your law degree. You've also got a master's in tax. Yes. You're an unusual bird. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, but and that's quite a combination uh, for of expertise for a company to be able to take advantage of. Yeah. In fact, when I was in-house uh, chief legal officer, I was also the chief financial officer. Mm. So it's like, what am, which hat am I wearing this day or this hour even am i wearing the the numbers hat or the words hat Mm -hmm. and um but yes it's very unusual because i am a lawyer that can do math it may be the only lawyer that you know that can do math Mm -hmm. um but yes that masters in tax i have worked with cpas i've done big financial audits of some of the biggest companies household names Mm -hmm. around during the unclaimed property Uh, portion of my business. Yeah. I want to get to that uh, very interesting part of your business. Um, Well, let's go down a quick bunny trail here or the highway here, (laughs) (laughs) because you've got a um, fascinating uh, pastime that involves RVs. Talk about that. So I'm a Georgia tech grad. Mm -hmm. I am a big sports fan. In fact, I have not missed a home football game since I enrolled as a freshman at Georgia Tech. Wow. So that's uh, too many years to count. Um, yeah. we're, we're over two decades now of even through the bad times um, and the, the really rough years that we've had recently, I've been at all those games. And from very early on, I got with a group of tailgaters that are the RVers. Mm. So when it came time... I graduated, I was working, and I was like, you know what? I'm getting my own RV. And so now I have a 37-foot Class A motorhome that I go to tailgate with and then also spend quite a few road trips that aren't sports-related um, in the RV. So when you say 37 feet, I mean, I don't know much about RVs, but that sounds like a big RV. That is. So it's... The biggest RVs are around 45 feet. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but this is really what you would consider like a tour bus style RV. I mean, this is a big, this is a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you um, actually not just use it for uh, sporting events, Georgia Tech football, what have you, but you take it on the road and you work from the road. Yes. So... Uh, one of the reasons that I personally don't do litigation in my law firm mm-hmm. is because the, I do work from the road, which also means that I can serve clients that are not local here you know, to the North Fulton or the Atlanta metro area, sure. um, all over the state, and then even companies that are, are further um, out, um, including my last company that I worked in-house for. Um, they were based out of Pittsburgh, and I spent the summers up at headquarters living out of the RV. Um, but you know, the, the reason I know that you know all of this is because I also have a blog on RVing, mm-hmm. uh, RV tailgate life that kind of blends all the sports and the travel together. Um, and you know, we, we like to have fun. Yeah. So, uh, 
I, I don't want to go too far down this uh, down this highway uh, to continue the metaphor, but but what I'm sure there's a lot of folks that have this like in their dream, right? Oh yeah. And so, what advice would you give them if they're really serious about wanting to uh, um, pursue the RV life and and uh, work while they're doing that? Uh, get started. Mm. Um, the other thing is know where you can store your RV. I actually ran into this problem. I live in Dunwoody mm-hmm. and recently had Dunwoody come out and say, yeah, you can't park this in your driveway. So lovely. Yeah, really nice. So then I had to find a place to park it. Um, if anybody wants a really great business idea, let's find an RV and boat parking, mm-hmm. like a sto- self-storage type of facility that's closer than Lake Lanier. Because there's really not. We got some over in Cobb County, but there's nothing really in like the North Fulton, North DeKalb, near, you know, the city. And uh, so I have to drive 45 minutes up north just to get my RV now. It's not fun. I think I'm, I think I may know one closer. We'll talk about All that right. after we get off the air. <laughs> um, that's up 400. Yeah. But let, we'll talk. Um, so let's, let's talk law. You have... Um, as an attorney who works with a lot of different businesses, I'm interested in just what you're seeing in 2023. I mean, what are the big issues that your clients are coming to you with or that you're saying to your clients, you need to be focused on this? So one of the things that I always work with my clients on is risk mitigation, right? The biggest risks are everything from you know, employees is usually where you're getting your biggest risk, whether that's disclosing trade secrets, uh, leaving, retention. Right now we're having hiring issues for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. And so it's making sure that you have the proper staffing, that you're taking care of your staff, and that you are setting up your processes to not overhire, right? Um, And that you are um, just making sure that they are trained to not get you in trouble as well. Setting up your processes to overhire. Tell me, say more on that. What does that mean? Well, so one of the things, you know, bringing back that master's of tax and the financial background that I have um, is a lot of financial forecasting, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're looking forward to see what we're going to do next year and what is our staffing requirements for next year Mm -hmm. or now this year. And so we're looking six months to 18 months out into the future. We want to make sure that we're properly staffed. We don't overhire, right? We don't have too many people. For many businesses, your staffing, your payroll costs are about 80% of your expenses. Mm -hmm. And so when you overhire, then you're not going to be making a profit and you're going to end up turning people over, you're going to lay them off or you're having to fire them. And that's just going to be bad business overall. Right. Right. So this raises the question for me, given your expertise in numbers, do you serve as essentially the outside CFO for some of your companies? Um, some of them I do more than anything that I help them with their strategies. Okay. Right. A lot of times I will help negotiate with, their financial partners, so their bankers or their investors, things like that, that um, we're, we're looking at like the number side of things. 
one of the other things that I do for my clients is due diligence in mergers and acquisitions. So if you're going to go buy another company, I will help you not only do the contract for that, but help you find out what the liabilities are within that company that you may not know about. So tax liabilities, uh, scrutinizing their financial statements, things like that. Hmm. Folks, we're here chatting with Kimberly De Carrera. She is with her own firm. She's the founder and and uh, principal of her own firm, De Carrera Law. Uh, so, Kimberly, one of the issues that uh, has come up here recently for a lot of businesses is the the FD, FTC Federal Trade Commission proposal to ban non competes. Um, why has this come up right now? Um, right now it's an issue because there's about 30 million people that are stuck in their jobs. And it's, um, according to the FTC, based off of their estimations, that it is depressing wages by about $300 billion across the country. Mm. Um, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. And with the... Uh, Democrats in office that are going to be more pro-labor than maybe some of the predecessors, that's become an an issue for them to say, we want to give workers the freedom to change jobs. Mm -hmm. And and there's also, uh, I mean, we have to say, this is not just the FTC. There's there's some rumblings around a lot of the states on this issue too, right? Correct. That that have preemptively done their own um, either rollback or prohibitions themselves, right? Yeah. So California is going to be your leader here. Mm-hmm. They pretty much ban non-competes. It's uh, very, very limited circumstances that you can have a non-compete in California. Other states like, say, Washington or Illinois have restrictions that make it harder Um then there's other states that like the reasonableness test of the contract are a lot stricter than other states. So for example, in Illinois, there's wage thresholds that below which they presumptively say, yeah, you can't have a non-compete here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the proposal that uh, proposed regulation that the FTC is, is, um, asking for comment on right now, I think that's where it is, right? Correct. Um, is would actually ban existing agreements, right? So this would be retroactive, not just uh, looking forward. Correct. Well, kind of. Okay. Um, well, correct me. So yeah. really it's that it cannot be enforced, right? The, okay. The company, it. it wouldn't necessarily ban them. You just couldn't do anything with them. So Which in essentially – Yes, yeah, it is, but you know, pulls the teeth out of them. Yeah, the, yeah. The, from the legal standpoint, there is a a difference. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're the attorney. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, um, it strikes me there's um, some confusion here that s- some have jumped um, kind of out of their seats about this, um, and they're confusing non competes with non disclosures and with. Uh, non-solicitations, yep. right? So talk about all those issues and how they fit together. So collectively, we call this group of uh, contracts restrictive covenants. Mm-hmm. All right, they're restricting your activity. 
So the non-compete is kind of your broadest. You can't be in business against somebody. Your non-solicits that you literally cannot go and say, hey, come work for me or with me to an employee. So that's a non-solicit of employees or non-solicit of businesses or uh, customers. So you can't go to your customer list and say, hey, I'm going to change companies. and I'm going to work over here. Follow me to this new company. Right. So, um, you know, if you've got, say, a doctor that is leaving one practice and going to another, they don't want the, the, the practice doesn't want the doctor calling up all of his patients mm-hmm. and saying, follow me over to this new practice. Right. It's going to destroy their their practice. Sure. Right. Sure. So and then the non-disclosure, the confidentiality of don't go talking to everybody about our business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, that's the bottom line about it. And um, together, they all come to to uh, fruition in these restrictive covenants. And so some of the concerns that uh, some business owners might have about an employee competing, I'm going to put that in air quotes, uh, can be uh, addressed with a non-disclosure or a um, non-solicitation agreement, which is not subject to this um, FTC proposal, right? Correct. The FTC specifically said in their uh, proposal that it would not ban non-solicits and uh, non-disclosure agreements. So if the, if the, and I'm, I'm trying to get this to what you do for businesses and how you help. So what, if the trend is toward these agreements, either getting their effectiveness, getting muted to some degree, or they get prohibited outright, um, it really is an incumbent on companies to kind of take a look at that and where they sit right now and get ahead of that curve, right? Correct. So with quite a few of my business clients, we are doing basically an employment contract audit mm-hmm. and figuring out exactly what do their contracts say, right? What do their handbooks say? And where we need to shore those up, mm-hmm. right? So if you have been relying on a non-compete, do we need to put in stronger confidentiality agreements, stronger non-solicit, both of customers and employees? Um, and basically just to make sure that from a contractual standpoint that we are as strong as we can, both with and without the non-competes, the other thing that we're working on for quite a few of these um, businesses is just basically increasing their uh, employee satisfaction. Mm. One of my big things is you can use the stick of the non-compete to keep somebody, but wouldn't the employee be much happier and willing to stick it out if they're happy mm-hmm. in their job? So we look at things like benefits and uh, company culture and all of the other aspects of the employee engagement from onboarding or actually recruiting, onboarding, uh, training, retention, uh, career development Mm. even, Mm -hmm. and also training their managers, right, to Mm. make sure that their managers are equipped to help them through this process. Yeah, that 
I can see where that's a really big piece of that um, whole ball of wax there because uh, uh, people get promoted and maybe not trained. Correct. Uh, They're promoted into management and they're not trained like they ought to be. Yep. And it happens all the time, right? Um, You know, the whole idea of what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. And it's a different skill set that managers you don't just know you have to be trained mm-hmm. and yes, you're going to have to suffer through some inexperience mistakes. And just like you have to develop your employees, you have to develop your managers. Yes, they're employees too, but they're a different type, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just the functional job that they're doing, the the subject material, you know, as a lawyer, I do law, um, you know, other uh, managers, or other companies, you know, they'll do accounting, they'll be doctors, they'll be, um, you know, and it's not just professionals, but, uh, you know, even your retail operations. You can sell goods, check people out, but then when you start getting to management and you're having to worry about scheduling and um, performance improvement plans and things like that, that's a whole different, like you said, ball of wax. That's a different skill set that most people don't have until they're trained and they, we just work through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, you talk about the, uh, you're looking at it from the employee point of view in terms of their satisfaction, which makes perfect sense to me. But the other thing is just from the company's point of view is why do you want to have people working for you that really don't want to be there and, or are feeling like even if they want to be there, that that agreement is really kind of put a posh on their um, enthusiasm about um, being there. Right. Right. Well, it's also a matter of recruiting, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They all talk to each other. All these employees talk to each other and there's, Whoever the potential new hire is, if they know that you are going to first day on the job, say, here's a non-compete, a lot of people are going to now say no, right? Um, I will say one of the things that I love about the newest generation of workers Mm -hmm. is that they are not going to take the BS that even my generation did, right? To use a technical term. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very technical term. Right. But they're, they're not saying, you know, just because you did it, I have to do it. Right. And they're standing up for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to a, uh, individual professional recently that they were trying to promote into management. And she said, no, because the company wasn't willing to give her more money to go into management. She's like, I see the stress that you guys go through. I'm not going to do that without more compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that standing up for themselves. The first time that, you know, somebody told me no, that they wouldn't come in after hours or, you know, on the weekend to mm-hmm. do something. I was like, what? <laughs> right. Because right? when, you know, sure. all my career, if a boss told me to show up, I was like, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, I'm there, and right. tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And these guys are like, look, I w- I'm working 40 hours, and yeah, I'm going to have a life outside of work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can you can either buck against that, which a lot of people do, or or you can learn to work with that, right, and, and meet people in the middle. 
oh, I'm actually trying to take lessons from them and say I'm only working 40 hours or I'm only working Monday through Friday and I'm taking Saturday and Sunday off. So I'm actually flipping the script and saying, nope, I, you're now the boss and I'm listening to you guys. Well, I'm glad I proposed an interview time through the week then. <laughs> we could actually get Kimberly in here. Kimberly DiCarrero is with us, folks, with DiCarrero Law. Um, so let's talk about unclaimed property. This is very interesting to me. What in the world are you up to with unclaimed property? So it's the area of law I never knew about until I literally answered a job ad that somebody wanted um, that had financial accounting background and a law background. I'm like, hi, my name's Kimberly. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're hired. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing? They're like, okay, we're going to teach you. Um, So unclaimed property, the kind of short and sweet of it is financial assets. Um, The easiest kind of way to explain it, you're an employee. You get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. We're going to ignore direct deposit for a second. You're getting a paycheck. You forget to cash that check. I don't know why, but you know you do. Mm-hmm. And that money is your money. It's not the company's money. Right. It's still in their bank account, but it's not their money. Mm-hmm. So they have to either find you, because you probably changed jobs by now. All right. They have to find you and say, hey, John, cash your check. Or they have to give it to the state. And the state holds it. There's a database that you can go and search and then collect it later on. Mm -hmm. So the unclaimed property work that I do is working for companies. Because, again, I'm a business lawyer. I'm not going to be an auditor and all that other stuff. Working for the state. Uh, Working for the businesses on their processes, right? Their audit defense, their voluntary disclosure agreements to get into compliance. And then... Um, they have an annual compliance requirement that they go through and look for all the checks, so payroll checks, vendor checks, and AR credits, bank accounts. I mean, we are at a bank. so Yes, <laughs> right? we are. Um, so bank accounts that haven't been touched in three or five years. Okay. Um, stocks and dividends, gift cards. They do a lot of work with gift cards. Um, I can see how that would be. Yeah, yeah. so the breakage, right? right. Like yeah. You just don't use the, the last like $3 of a sure. gift card. Yeah. And so all of these different um, fi- intangible financial assets. This is not your lost luggage, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's always, and it's not about like the abandoned lot or like real property type of stuff. This yeah. is all intangible financial assets that companies hold that's not theirs, mm-hmm. but they got to figure out what to do with it. It's not a tax, but it's usually administered by the tax authorities mm-hmm. and handled within the tax departments um, at companies. So I can imagine there might be some business owners that are thinking, so what? I mean, is this a big number and why is this on the radar screen? It is a very large number. Um, and it is on the radar screen for a couple of reasons. They say it's consumer protection. That's the um, the argument for the, the laws. This is a state law, and uh, all 50 states have it. A couple of Canadian and other foreign jurisdictions have it as well. But they, the reason it's on the radar is because um, in Delaware, for example, it is the number three source of revenue for the state. Really? Yes. Wow. Right. Um, now Delaware has a special kind of, um, position 
because of the way that unclaimed property works, they have the name and address. So, you know, employee, employee's address on the check, then that state gets it. If there's no address on it, gift cards, for example, mm-hmm. it goes to the state of incorporation. All right. Mm-hmm. And so, so many companies are incorporated in Delaware. It goes to them. Now, lovely. the other thing is, remember, it's not a tax, right? Right. So typical tax statute of limitations, like seven years, or that's the, the record retention, right? Yeah. Um, but in many states, it is 10 report years for assets that have been dormant for five years. So you're looking at 15 years record retention. Mm. Now, and when I started an unclaimed property in Delaware, they went all the way back to 1981. Only through recent litigation and then legislation did we get to the 15 years. But tell me a company, particularly a major company, that's done billions of dollars of transactions, how many years of records, researchable records, like invoice level, that they have that they can defend on an audit, right? Yeah. A lot of, particularly with the mergers and acquisitions that we're doing, the technology change where we're adding new, um, you know, ERPs and things Mm -hmm. like that. So with all of that, if you don't have the records, then the state of incorporation does an estimation of what your liability would have been. And that's why Delaware is the state of incorporation for so many big companies mm-hmm. ha- gets so much revenue from this unclaimed property. Uh, I think this is like breaking news for a lot of folks, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, it's obviously been around a while, but what you're describing are th- these states. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're always uh, scrumming around trying to get more money, right? Uh, and that's what this sounds like. So, uh, recently we got news that California is going from this giant surplus to a deficit this year as mm-hmm. tax revenues have fallen. Right. Well, then they can turn around and go, I need more money to pay for everything else that you know they're doing, that any state's doing. It's not just California. And they can go, you know what? I can go and collect more money without raising taxes because unclaimed property is not a tax. Yeah. And they can get this basically windfall. And the in most states, the return rate, yes, it's in a database. You can go and search, and you can see if you have money and claim it. But that return rate's really low. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like 20 and 30% is like a good high rate for a state. And in some states, it's even lower than that. Um, so if they are going to collect all this money, even if it's just – temporarily i mean that's a big windfall for the states yeah and so they get together they do these big audits um particularly when you have you know i don't like to say the r word um but you know if you have recessions or at least falling state revenues Mm -hmm. then they can say i can get more money this way yeah or it looks like they're not going to make budget whatever right Right. yeah particularly in states that have those balanced budget requirements right right um, folks, you got to be alert. There's always something out there. Uh, as, as, uh, Kimberly D. Carrera is, uh, giving us the bad news on that. Um, um, but important news. So that, that's fascinating stuff. So thank you for that. Um, 
Wow. Uh, we could keep going, uh, but I going to want to be respectful of your time before we let you go though. I'd love it. If you could share a success story, um, maybe, um, a client situation that you don't have to mention names, of course, but that, uh, illustrates the great work that you do. Um, let's see. Well, an unclaimed property, the biggest one was the, when I got that zero audit from a multi-state, mm. um, audit, we had done some compliance work with them for years and the auditors came in, took a look, and after one meeting, walked out the door and said, never mind. You guys are solid. It's not worth our time to, to get you know maybe a couple of pennies. Um, so that was a great success story there um, and have since gotten some other um, zero audits as well. Um, but that first one, that first one was big. Mm. Um, and also an unclaimed property, the first time I got California to waive penalties and interest on late reported unclaimed property. Mm. Um, that was a big deal. Um, literally when I was talking to some other professionals that also do unclaimed property um, and started talking about, they literally like just stopped and turned around because we were in an elevator. And they were like, you did what? <laughs> um, yeah. In the more more traditional law firm business uh, consulting, um, uh, helping a couple of uh, local area professionals start their companies in the last couple of months mm -hmm. have been really rewarding and seeing them um, kind of figure out their mission and start getting clients and the success that they're having. Um, their success is my success, right? Yeah. Um, wish I could give you some more information and, and brag on them a little bit, but since I didn't clear it with them first, I, yeah. I won't do that. Yeah. Well, they know who they are and, uh, you're, you're, um, the fact that you're talking about them in the way you are is a great thing. So congratulations to them, whoever they are and to you for the great work you're doing. So we're, we're honored. We could help, uh, we could have you in the show to celebrate the work you're doing. It's important work. We appreciate you. Um, so, but let's get to the most important question. I can't imagine there are some folks that have got a lot of questions about some of the things you talked about, would like to be in touch. Tell them how they can do that. So my website is decarreralaw.com, D-E-C-A-R-R-E-R-A-L-A-W.com. Um, email address is Kimberly at decarreralaw.com. And, uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter and, all the fun things. Fortunately, Decrare is a very unique name. There's not mm -hmm. a whole lot of us around. Yeah. Um, so you should be able to find me pretty easy. If And it's just like the Carrera Porsche with a D-E in front of it. Oh, I like that. Um, and, of course, if if um, you're driving along, folks, and can't write any of this down, you're listening to this podcast on your local – on your uh, uh, phone or your app or whatever on, in your car, um, we'll have it in the show notes. So – don't worry. You don't have to write anything down. We'll all be, it'll all be there uh, when you get safely to where you're going. Uh, Kimberly DeCarrera, folks, with DeCarrera Law. Kimberly, this has been a lot of fun and very informative. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, hopefully we can uh, do this again. I look forward to that. Already, I'm looking forward to that. Um, hey, folks, just a uh, quick thought for you. If you have got some issues in your business that involve administrative tasks that you're spending way too much time on, you've got bookkeeping issues. If your bookkeeping involves um, a Nike shoebox and a big pile of receipts, well, you got a problem. <laughs> you know you've got a problem and you need to get that fixed. 
here's the uh, folks that can help you. The great team at Office Angels. Office Angels has a whole team of angels, and yes, they are angels. I work with them myself, so I know this. Uh, They fly in and get the job done and fly out, and they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. And yeah, they do administrative tasks, so that you know, virtual assistant um, that can help you with all that, or the uh, bookkeeper. But they also do marketing and presentations, and uh, they can set up workshops, set up speaking engagements. So it's a wide variety of services that they offer. My suggestion is call SC Escobedo, 770-442-9246, or go to officeangels.us. And if you get in touch, let them know that we sent you. And North Fulton Business Radio, as we close the show, our show is now, uh, we're up to show number 603 or 4 or something like that. We've hit the 600 mark. Um, after almost seven years because of your great support. And we're just delighted that you do things like share the show when you hear someone, and I can't imagine that this show won't get shared a lot, um, when you've heard something that you think your business colleagues ought to hear or what have you, you share the show. And we're grateful for you to you for doing that. Uh, you support us on social media. We're grateful for that as well because we're the – we're the voice of business, and what that means is we're here to celebrate business leaders who uh, don't get the major media limelight, but they de- their work is important, and they deserve to be celebrated. And so if you can help us help them, uh, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, Kimberly DeCarrera, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.